Hello there, my name is Big Boss and this is the Big Boss Book Club. Thank you again for joining me for the Big Boss Book Club. Um, I suppose if the last episode, the Arkham Horror episode, was our, our series finale, this would be the, the epilogue episode. Um, just sort of going back over the, the, the timeline of, of games and just really wanting to sort of throw some uh, noteworthy mentions out. Um, so, I mean, we've gone through Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, versus System, WWE Raw Deal, Game of Thrones, Warhammer 40,000 Conquest, and Arkham Horror um, card game. Those are the sort of the, if those are the main stations, there are always those little stations that you stop off in between, where they're literally just a platform and a bin. So this is really sort of going to go and, and have a brief mention of, of those games. Um, essentially, the reason for that is I don't have enough. Um, I probably don't have enough material to really go into a full episode of each, simply because my experience with those games isn't isn't as extensive. Um, I mean, Game of Thrones probably didn't have uh, the most extensive play, but I felt it was important because it was a living card game and it was the first one I really got into. So we're going to do some uh, four main noteworthy mentions. Um, what we'll do is we'll give them a segment each, just sort of briefly going in, um, a, a bit, a bit, a little bit of a background, a little bit of state of the game, and sort of what I enjoyed, what I didn't enjoy, um, and then move on to sort of the next one. So the first game we're going to go into is um, the Jewel Masters trading card game, um, and then we'll go into a Pokemon trading card game. Uh, the Versus System uh, two-player card game for two to four players, and then the Marvel Champions living card game as well. These all fit nicely into the timeline as well at different stages. So Jewel Masters was probably really between um, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Versus. Um, Pokemon has kind of fluttered in, so I had a couple of games early on when I started working at the Market Stall and Crew, um, and I've had a few more games recently just with the pre-built decks, but again, we'll, we'll sort of go into that. Um, Versus System two-player card game, again, fits in quite nicely because it's almost like a living card game, but We'll, we'll discuss that a little bit further um, later on. And then the Marvel Champions card game is something that I have played quite a lot of recently, um, but not as much as a sort of Arkham Horror. Um, and again, we'll go sort of into that as well. So I have a quick musical interlude. We'll come back, we'll jump straight into Duel Masters. Um, sort of give you a brief overview of that. So again, we'll go for that break. and We'll be right back. I really like that musical interlude. <laughs> so, uh, straight in, uh, Duel Masters. Um, unbelievably uh, easy to get into. It was produced by Wizards of the Coast um, on the back of a Japanese um, manga, um, also an American cartoon series. The cartoon series was really, really fun. Something that's always stood out and actually got me a little bit more drawn to the card game was how... Um, from the series was did not take itself too seriously anyone who watched the original Yu-Gi-Oh uh, series will know that Yu-Gi-Oh took itself very very seriously um, very much card games will save the world um, you know everything was very dramatic Duel Masters really flipped that on his head and I think probably inspired um, like the Yu-Gi-Oh GX series in terms of how 
how light-hearted that was. Um, there was parts in the Duel Master series where um, it cut to where the it got quite a close-up of one of the characters' faces. He's got this internal monologue going, and then he just cuts this internal monologue, and he goes, "Is it me? Or is that camera way too close?" And you just yeah, it just did not take itself too seriously. There was this hooded character that kept appearing. And then again, someone's got this sort of thing. You're like, oh my God, they're so mysterious. I wonder, I wonder what's going on in their head. And it cuts to the, char- the character and they're humming the theme tune for the TV series in the head. And it, again, just did not take itself very seriously while at the same time keeping that pretense of card games will save the world. So I, re- I really enjoyed Duel Masters as a game. Very, very simply, I think if, you were going to describe it, it would be Magic the Gathering for beginners. Um, the game l- really did play very similarly. So it had the same sort of factions that Magic the Gathering has. It has like a water faction, a green faction, a red faction, black and white factions. They um, You bring out your character, your, your monsters through paying mana. Um, same as Magic the Gathering. The only difference being that in Magic the Gathering you have land cards that you use as mana. In Door Masters, any card could be used as mana because every card had a mana value. Um, I think it was a big entryway to get people, almost like an entryway to get people into Magic the Gathering. Um, wasn't for me. I've played Magic the Gathering a couple of times. It's it's not a game I'm I'm ever planning on pursuing. Um, it's just not for me. Um, I never played in any tournaments for Door Masters. Just casual play. Um, and I think I only ever played maybe about three different opponents and never, <laughs> um, the game was very quick, something definitely worth noting. It was unbelievably quick. I think the longest game I ever had was maybe about five minutes. The objective of the game essentially was to attack your opponent directly. Now that sounds really easy, but you do have to get through five shield cards so you can attack your opponent directly. Those shield cards essentially like the top five cards of your deck. You just put them down in front of you and when your opponent attacks you you lose a shield or in some cases more shields depending on the type of monster you were using the game had a nice flow to it i felt i felt it i had about i think i had maybe three decks built for it i had a light fire deck um, i had a darkness deck and i had a um, a green and blue deck so i used all all the factions in, in one way shape or form um, again, going back to sort of the TV series, it did. It made me more interested in in playing the card game. The actual setup for the card game was pretty good. So you buy a starter deck. The starter deck was good for two players. So it was quite a nice a nice way to kick things off. You could have those two player little two player games. The boosters again. It's a trading card game, so it was random booster packs. The set, the first set itself, wasn't that bad. Um, I, I, in fact, I have the complete set still in a folder, which is which is quite nice. Um, I still actually got all my cards. In fact, I've got all my cards for for Duel Masters still. It's one of the few games that I've played that I do still have all the cards for. I actually recently looked into Duel Masters a little bit, and I found that actually it only ran for about two years, but they printed twelve sets. Like, no wonder the game is no longer in print. Like, twelve. 12 different sets in the space of two years is horrendous um that's like every two months you're getting a new set who in there who can really keep up with that um so there's i know that dual masters is still going on in japan and apparently still quite big in japan 
but pretty much everywhere else it's it's done and dusted. Um, the game actually got took back over by uh, Bandai, I believe, and they reprinted it called Kaijudo, which is actually the name of the game in the series. Uh, the, 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 the game itself isn't called Jewel Masters in the series. Um, so they released Kaijudo. I think that maybe only ran for a year, two years, and then that's gone as well. Um, I think... The, the power creep in the sets, I noticed. I think I got through to maybe set three and I said, this is it for me, I think I'm done. Um, they had different... So every, when you attack, you would beat one of your opponent's shields. They started introducing things like double breakers, which was tolerable for a short period where you could do two shields when you attacked rather than one, which is fine. But then they started introducing triple breakers and it just, yeah, they, I think it just got a bit silly. So again, not really much in terms of tournament play. Never played in a tournament. Um, I only ever played in sort of casual games. And again, it was generally with about, I think it was maybe about three different opponents. I think possibly four. But yeah, it, it was never a, a major um, a major competitive game for me. But I do think it deserves an honourable mention. It was really fun. I do still have all the cards. So um, if I have decks built, ready to go. Um, I'm always sort of looking. You know, I think when I'm looking at teaching Caleb how to play games, Duel Masters is probably where I'm going to start him because of how easy I found it was to pick up. Um, so yeah, so that's it really. I mean, again, not much to really talk about, but I did feel it was worth mentioning just for the TV series alone, if nothing else. So we'll have another quick musical interlude. Um, we'll come back. We'll jump into Pokemon, the trading card game. Bit of a brief, bit of a brief on that, and then we'll uh, we'll move forward from there. Okay, welcome back. Um, this is my uh, series epilogue, where we're just doing some noteworthy mentions for other games that didn't really have enough content to make the main timeline. Just going to have a bit of a brief discussion about Pokemon the trading card game. So I had Pokemon trading cards when I was at high school, but I never learned how to play the actual game. So whenever I would actually play with anybody, I would play it like it was in the game. So I would pick six Pokemon and then we would kind of just battle them off against each other. And then whoever had no Pokemon left was the loser, and whoever had Pokemon left was the winner. Never really learned how to play the game, never really understood the energy cards or the trainer cards or anything like that. So the game, um, I didn't really ever play the game until I actually started working at Crew Market, where um, Tom, the gentleman I worked for, just thought it might be worth me while learning a couple of the other games that he sold. So one of the big ones for him was Pokemon. In fact, it was the reason he even got into to, to the store in the first place was because he collected Pokemon and he wanted to, he essentially wanted to do his collection. And he just figured if he sold the stuff he didn't need and he could pick up the stuff that he did from other people, it, it would work out for him. Um, I love the original series of uh, Pokemon. Um, in fact, I was absolutely gutted to find out that Netflix only actually had season one. It's like, why? Why do you only have season one? Does it even finish the story? Um, at least if they've got up to like the Orange League or something, I could forgive them. But they don't even finish the Indigo League. So I'm not going to go into that because I'll just get myself wound up. Um, the Game Boy games as well. 
I had the original two. I'd, I'd red and blue. Very, very lucky. Um, you know, I, Rob and Andrew, they, they had to have them between them. Um, I was really fortunate and I had them both. Um, in fact, I've actually recently started playing uh, the Fire Red version um, from an emulator on my phone. Absolutely loving it. In fact, it's actually an older save file from my last phone that somehow has managed to save on my game account. Not quite sure how, but I'm not going to look a gift, gift horse in the mouth. Um, do love the games. The Again, no tournament play for this trading card game. And again, it is a trading card game, so you can buy star decks, um, generally based around one specific Pokemon. Then you buy booster packs to get random assortment of cards. Pokemon is really good at doing special edition stuff so pokemon does a lot of like special boxes that come with like special cards or tokens and things like that and they do a lot of tins uh, gift sets they, they, they're really really good at pushing pokemon the card game and i think their marketing behind it is is very very good it's still one of the biggest card games in the world. It's still something that is being played regularly by a lot of people. Um, it's probably... I don't know if it is from experience and my sort of uh, awareness. I would say it's probably just behind Magic the Gathering in terms of popularity. Um, and then probably Yu-Gi-Oh! is a little bit further behind it now. Back in the day I would have said something a bit different. But I do feel from the places that I see selling Pokemon cards to the places I see selling Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! I think Pokemon probably has a much bigger uh, fan base than them. Again, generally casual play. I've never sat and built a deck. I've always either been given a deck to play with, or I've been using a pre-built deck. So, um, me and my friend Stuart, he bought... They, they did a, like a reprint set of the very first set. He purchased the Pikachu uh, starter deck... I purchased the Mewtwo starter deck, and we played them off against each other. It was really fun. It actually caused Stuart to get really into the game. Um, but something he brought to my attention was you could buy championship decks. So pre-built decks that are literally decks that have been used in big tournaments and done really well. They're printed slightly differently, so you can't actually take them to tournaments yourself. Because that would be massively unfair. But they're good for casual play which is really what i'm all about for pokemon I'm, I'm not interested at all in competitive play so me and my friend Stuart, he's got a couple of them i have a couple of them we've played them off against each other uh, they have been really fun the the objective essentially is to get all your op opponent's prize card well to get all your prize cards um once your opponent has no prize cards left they they lose so the objective is to to every time you defeat a pokemon you take a prize card you Defeat your Pokemon by doing attacks. Those attacks are built up using energy cards. So, for example, if you've got a, a Pikachu that needs a one electric energy to do its attack, you need to attach an electric energy to it to do that attack. The different cards in the game, um, trainer cards, item cards, sort of like almost like events and traps from sort of Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and other sort of games like that. They all have different effects and they, they work differently. Um... The game itself is really fun. I don't think it's even that difficult. I think in I think when I was probably younger, I just didn't understand it. So, but now I actually sit and look at it and and can 
probably take it in a little bit better and have a bit more appreciation for it. I, I don't think it's a difficult game at all. In fact, there's a, a Pokemon Battle Academy box I've seen in my local Asda that actually says for ages 6 and up. So if they're saying ages 6 and up can play this game, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's, it's, it's as overly complicated as I probably made out it was when I was at school. Again, it doesn't really have its place in the timeline, as I said. There's no competitive play. Um, I'm not really intending on, on doing any competitive play either. But I do think it's important because, A, it has that, that ground level. It's, it has that introduction, um, even though it's not Yu-Gi-Oh! Because Yu-Gi-Oh! was the first trading card game I really, really got into... Pokemon was the beginning. Pokemon was the first experience I ever had with trading cards. So I think it, it deserves to at least get a noteworthy mention. It is still something I do occasionally play from time and time again now. So it, it definitely needed to be mentioned. So we'll we'll finish with Pokemon there again. There's not much really to discuss about it. It just deserved that honourable mention. Um, next we'll come back and we'll actually talk about the, the Versus system. The two-player card game. For two to four players. Um, and again, we'll have that really awesome musical interlude and then we'll uh, come straight back. Welcome back. Um, this is the epilogue episode of the season one of Big Boss Book Club. Um, just talking about some noteworthy mentions in terms of the games I've played over the years. We're going to have a brief discussion now on Versus System two-player card game for two to four players. The Versus system, as we went into in, in its sort of uh, episode, there was so much potential for Versus system because it wasn't based on any particular IP, it was based on a gaming engine. So you could you could do anything with, with that. Um, if any IP that you can fit into that gaming engine, you can really squeeze in there and, and really make work. This system finished, there was this huge gap, and then out of almost out of nowhere, um, Upper Deck Entertainment announced the release of Versus System, the living card game. And they released a special uh, Versus System living card game box, which essentially was a complete playset of Marvel Origins from the original Versus System. So there was no changes to the, the game itself. It was played the exact same way. It, the I think the original idea was they were just going to release all the sets as living card games. And obviously, they'll probably only be able to do the Marvel sets, but I think that was their 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 idea, and maybe even develop new cards from there. Now, I don't think anybody at, Fan at uh, Upper Deck Entertainment had bothered to check the uh, uh, the licensing on the concept of a living card game so fantasy flight Games stepped in and said well you, actually you can't use that term because that's our term we're we're the living card game people so essentially the game pretty much that was supposed to land never landed and <laughs> just disappeared again um but then there was the announcement of the versus system two-player card game where the game had been rejigged the actual way it was played was just a little bit different. Very much the same in a lot of respects. But they'd really changed a few elements. One of the big things they did was they got rid of life points. And instead you would have a main character. So you got to choose from a selection of main characters. 
once that main character is defeated, has so many life, once that main character is defeated, you have lost the game. The interesting thing they did was they actually made it so that that main character could uh, level up or power up. So they produced like a level 1 card, level 2 card, some have a level 3 variant as well. And when you meet a certain criteria, you're able to level up that character and obviously becomes better because he's more attack, more defense, um, a, a better ability, or sometimes just an easier to access ability. The game still, still very much played the same way. You had your resource row, um, threshold cost, resource cost. You play... They try to add in quite a few elements from other games. So, for example, Legendary, in the card, which is a deck-building game, they have the they have these little symbols on the cards. And they have special effects. They pretty much move those symbols into um, into the versus system two-player card game. So it's things like the Green Hulk Fist, a Target, and stuff like this, where you can trigger abilities by paying those those those. Um, icons so for example if you have a location in your hand or a location on the f uh, in your resource row that has that icon you can turn it face down or discard it from your hand whichever you've uh, which depending on the area you have it um, to activate that superpower on that character so it is they added a lot of unique little elements and um, from what brought essentially brought them from other games that are in their ip and within their sort of um remit upper deck is is quite good with that they've got they've still got quite a few games going on so legendary um, re legendary probably really heralded the way for the versus system two-player card game simply because they just said well actually we've got other things we have that we can use so why don't we use them so legendary you have marvel alien predator firefly james bond um, they have so many different things that uh, Legendary has has versions of. So now they've really started to do what, what we originally said in the Versus System episode. Expand the IPs that are involved in that game engine. Because that's how you get more people into the product. So now with the Versus System 2 player card game, you have Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you have the X-Files, you have Alien, you have Predator, you have the Marvel Comics... But you also have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which gives them a whole other um, feel to work with. So the game has really branched out. I heard, I'm pretty certain I heard a rumor that they were going to be doing Firefly as well at some point, um, because they do have Firefly. They have James Bond for Legendary, so there's nothing stopping them doing a James Bond versus system. The, the main one that they're printing is Marvel, because you could probably do more with that. But they do have these little expansions that are other from other IPs, which is absolutely amazing. The rejig, I do like it. They, like I said, there's a few things that are different, but not in a bad way. So now, when a character is stunned, instead of you choosing one of those characters to recover, and Everyone else gets sent to the graveyard. Now, each character has its own life value. So if it has one life, as soon as it's stunned, it's gone. It's in the it's in the KO pile. But if it has more life, then it gets to recover. So if you have three characters out that all have two life, they all get stunned. Next turn, you bring all of them back. And they've all got one life point left. 
So I kind of like that. It means you're not just losing all your field, but most characters only have one life. So very good chance once that character is stunned, it's it's gone, it's not coming back. Um, sadly, DC didn't sign up for it. There's no DC sets. So um doesn't look like we're going to be getting Batman <laughs> anytime soon or, or any Justice Gang reprint. Um, but I think that the, the IPs they have make up for it. I think with between Alien, um, Predator, X Files, I mean they've got so much they can they can throw out there. All they need is a couple more um, sci-fi based IPs, maybe RoboCop, Terminator, and I think they're gonna have a, a, a huge hit on their hands. I don't see much play in terms of the UK. I haven't. I'm probably one of three people who has who has even the cards. Um, I haven't had any tournament play with it, which is, you know, a bit upsetting. I did actually want to go to a tournament, um, and I even uh, spoke to the owner of the said shop about when they were going to run the tournament, and um, something that did actually quite annoy me, he basically said, because I hadn't bought the cards from him, that I couldn't play in their tournament, which I'm pretty certain if I reported that to Upper Deck, would have got them in serious trouble. Um, but I just thought, you know what, whatever. Um, not going to put money in that store's hands ever again, so it it doesn't matter. Um, so it's more of a casual game, not a serious, um, not a serious game at all. In fact, I'd actually said to myself I was going to get out of it completely and and not bother with it at all. But then they released the um, <laughs> they released the Utopia cycle for Marvel. So Utopia in the comics was essentially. Um, X-Men versus the Dark Avengers and it introduced the Dark X-Men so it was all during like the Dark Reign and and sort of the that period in the comic books where Norman Osborn had taken over S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, renamed it Hammer had his own team of X-Men had his own team of Avengers and essentially they were all criminals dressed up as good guys so Definitely, um, it was definitely a, a fun period in the comic books. It was a, a period I really enjoyed. I've still got a lot of the comics from that period. Um, so as soon as I saw that they were releasing the Dark Avengers, Hammer, Dark X-Men, I was like, yes, I am buying into this set. I've I've got the decks. They're ready to, to go. Never played them. Only have like one person, I think maybe two who, who have it. Um, never had a chance to play against them. So unfortunately, uh, they're still sat ready and raring to go. So I think that's really covers it. Um, I think the one thing for this game that I do want to mention, and I know I've mentioned it a few times already, it is for two to four players. <laughs> I don't they labelled it as a two player card game, but yeah, it's anything from two to four players. You can the the rule book does come with rules for like four way matches. It comes up with uh, tag team rules, so it really it really gives you a, actually a bit more playability because you can you know if you go around like, like I said I go around to Robert's house and, and him and Ash are there and maybe Andrew and oh I'll play some verses so instead of just having two single player games you could have a big multi-man game or you can have a tag team game and you know and, and it, it, it gives you more replayability it gives you more uh, variety it's definitely useful I just think it's really funny that it's called the two player card game and it's for two to four players um, so I think that'll cover it for verses. Um, we'll have another quick musical interlude. 
then we'll come back and we'll just got to go into the Marvel Champions Living Card Game. Um, I'll go into a little bit about how that sort of came about to be in my collection and, and how we're moving from there. So we'll be right back. Hi, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, welcome back again. This is the epilogue episode of my season one of the Big Boss Book Club. Um, again, going through some noteworthy games, just games that I couldn't really justify giving a whole episode to. There wouldn't have been enough to talk about. Um, so this game is something that's quite recent. It's not that old. That's Marvel Champions, the living card game. It's a, uh, again, living card game, so fantasy fight games have produced it. It's very much like Arkham Horror, it is cooperative, it's not competitive. So that's another thing that essentially drew me into the game. One of the, I think, selling points of this, when it first was announced, I was very much a case of, I'm not buying into it. Because I had Arkham Horror going on, um, still playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, got some living uh, versus system, two-player card game stuff. Um, didn't really want to go into yet another card series that, that was going to cost me money kind of read into it a little bit um, I read about the core box the core box is quite unique for a, a living card game it gives you a full play set in one core box so the core box itself was quite expensive a lot more expensive than the normal living card game boxes would be but you get a full you essentially you get a complete game in, in one box so you'd actually never need to buy any more content if you didn't want to Something that really sort of triggered me was I liked the fact that they were going to release new scenarios and new heroes separately. So it wouldn't be like Arkham Horror where you would buy um, a scenario and that scenario would come in your player cards. They would actually release them, them separately. So they would give you a, a villain pack where they would give you um, a hero and a couple of different games you can play against that uh, uh, villain. Sorry, and a couple of different games you can play against that villain. And then they would release a hero, which would be actually a pre-constructed uh, deck, which is great. I, I think in terms of a, 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 a selling uh, system, I, I, you know, a way to sell the game, I think that's brilliant. It makes the entry point for new players um, really low. It's essentially like, okay, I've got the core box, I'm sitting in a shop, I'm playing the game with a couple of mates. Um, someone comes over and says, oh, what are you playing? We go, oh, Marvel Champions. Oh, wow, that's cool. Um, how much is that? Oh, well, you, you know, if you want to play, you don't even need to buy this. You see that pack on the wall there, the Captain America pack or the um, Ant-Man pack or the Doctor Strange pack. If you buy that, you can just sit and play with us right now. Like, how great is that as a as a way to sell the game? How as a marketing strategy how great is that the it makes the entry point for new players i mean if you want to buy the core box go for it but if you're always going to be playing with the same group of people and then one of those people has the core box you can just buy whatever you want to get you into it so something that made me really pay attention was when they announced that the green goblin was going to be the first villain pack and Captain America was going to be the first hero pack. So that really 
really caught my attention because that's one of my favourite heroes and it's probably one of my favourite villains in Marvel. <laughs> so I went from going, I'm not going to play this game, I'm not going to buy into this game, to, oh hell, I guess I'm going to be buying into this game. <laughs> when the first uh, two packs announced, both uh, things that would be high on my list of stuff to buy. A little part of me was kind of hoping that Rob would buy it because <laughs> um, it's Marvel and he's big on the Marvel stuff. I thought, oh, maybe Rob will buy it and then... I'll just buy Captain America and I'll just play as Captain America all the time. Sadly, that didn't happen. Rob pretty much put his foot down and said, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm not doing that to myself. Um, he's very much like me, has a tendency to jump headfirst into things and they not necessarily pan out. Um, so I think he, he decided to take a bit of a wider a breath on it. I, on the other hand, dove straight in. I've bought the core box. I bought the complete first cycle of heroes, the Green Goblin pack, I bought the Rise of the Red Skull, because again, as soon as they said, oh, Red Skull's going to be released as one of our big big campaign boxes, oh, great, Red Skull's one of my favourite villains, <laughs> I guess I'm buying the campaign's expansion. Um, so yeah, I, I have bought into it when I said I wouldn't, but I have um, got to a point now where I'm happy to stop, so I've got the basically the complete first cycle minus one villain scenario it's called the wrecking crew i don't even know who they are not interested um, they did go with um like i said captain america uh, the hulk dot strange um the first sort of run of, of of heroes and i have got the the red skull box which does come with um a couple more as well the game itself is very similar to Arkham. So you have a scenario, which is generally a villain. So you'll have, um, in the core set, you get Rhino, um, Ultron, and Claw. So you have a the villain that essentially you need to defeat to win the game. So you need to reduce their life points down to zero. But on the flip side of that, they have an agenda that the villain is trying to accomplish. So just like Arkham... Where the game is adding doom, Marvel does something very similar and schemes rather than adds doom. It's essentially the same thing. You add a token <laughs> to the card. Once that has reached its threshold, it's usually a, a set number per hero or per investigator in Arkham. It's the exact same in Marvel Champions. Once it reaches that threshold, it flips. You do the ability what's on the other side. Sometimes that may cause you to lose the game. Sometimes it may cause you to, to have nasty effects done. And then the game continues until either he completes his scheme or you defeat the villain. No tournaments for this game. It's a co-op game. There isn't going to be any competitive play. It is all coffee table, casual, cooperative, fun gaming. It is really fun to play. Um, again, my main play experience is with Captain America. At the moment, he's... Out of all the heroes that have been released, he's definitely my favourite. Once the, I've got my eyes open, so when they release some other villains and heroes, I will plan on probably picking them up. People like Venom and Carnage, um, heroes like the Punisher, those are the you know, villains like Doctor Doom. So there's probably more villain packs that I want to pick up than hero packs, but I'm, I'm I do keep my ear to the ground just to see what is being released, and and I'll I'll pick up the stuff as I need it. Again, I haven't really done anything to the decks I've been buying. 
I pretty much just bought the deck, sleeved it. Each deck does come with spare cards for the other factions. Generally just put them into the box and leave them where they are. I just play with the, the, the hero deck as it comes. When I've had a lot more experience with the game, I probably will want to try my hand at deck building. But for what the game is, I'm not too fussed about that at the moment. I do just want to sort of play and, and get that experience with, with the uh, the heroes and their pre-constructed decks. So overall, this game's also still in print, which is quite nice. So it means there is still stuff coming up. Fantasy Flight have, I think got a couple of different Mar maybe got a good deal going on with Marvel because they are releasing another Marvel game as well so potentially this is a game that is going to be around for a long time has all the potential in the world with all the heroes that are under the Marvel banner there's so much they can do um, I mean they've barely scratched the surface with the heroes that they've released at the moment I think you've, you've got a whole whole array of opportunity um, to really uh, make this game good it is IP focused, so we're not going to see any other any other sort of uh, fantasy fight IPs making an appearance. It is Marvel Champions. It's not the Champions LCG. It's it is Marvel Champions. And again, I really really like this game just for that entry point. I think it welcomes new players in a far more unique way than pretty much anything else Fantasy Flight has to offer. In fact. We'll I do want to drop into um, Keyforge um, slightly. Have pretty much no experience with Keyforge. I've had one game, um, but Keyforge is a, a very unique experience in terms of a, a card game. So you you buy a deck, and that is it. You you don't need to buy anything else. Each deck you buy. It's completely different and they're randomised. So you could buy 10 decks from Keyforge. Each one of those decks will be different. And it's that low entry point that I think Marvel Champions really drives. Because again, as long as you've got one friend who has that core box, you really can just jump in and play. You can walk into your local store, go, oh, so... I can play as uh, the the Incredible Hulk. Yes, you can. All you need to do is spend the twelve pound, you know, the eleven ninety nine, whatever on on the pack, and buy some sleeves, a debt box, sit yourself down, and for less than twenty quid, you've got everything you actually need to play that game. As long as, as yeah, in a play group, if you're looking at playing it solo, which you can do with Marvel Champions, very much like Arkham, you can, you know. You do need to buy a core box, but if you're if you've got a friend who's just bought the core box and you just want to jump in every now and then and play, and you don't want to play with any of the heroes from that core box, there is so many heroes that are available now, and they come with pre-constructed decks, and it's just I think it's just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Whoever decided to do that is is an absolute genius. Um, at Fantasy Flight just go. Oh, why don't we just make decks? And then people can, can drift in and out. Like me, I'm not interested in any of the, the heroes they've released at the minute. I'm not interested in any of them at all. It's like Wasp, Ant-Man. Just, just not really my 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 thing. I'm not interested. But as soon as they announce, oh, we're releasing the Punisher. Or, you know... Um, 
I don't really know for heroes for Marvel. I'm not the biggest person for Marvel for heroes. I'm definitely more their villains than their heroes. But you know, if they release a Kingpin villain pack, I'm I'm buying it. You know, we're going to release Carnage and Venom. So oh, buying it. You know, the there are and it gives you new scenarios to play then because there's only three in the core set. And although the replayability is there because you can just like in Arkham increase the difficulty, the there is only so many times you can play them, them three scenarios. You're not going to get a much different experience each time other than it just being slightly harder. So I think to have new villains come in and them give you a full, like I think Green Goblin came with two scenarios that you could play using the Green with the Green Goblin. So the, you know, they're giving you options and they're giving you variety, but while they can't, but they are continually giving you heroes at the same time. And again, just touching briefly on Keyforge, I won't give it its own segment. I'll go into it straight away. Keyforge is a very, very great idea as well. Like those random decks. So each deck is completely random. It's made up of cards from that set, cards from earlier sets. It just gives you a unique play experience each time. And I think that's, again, that I like it that there's a cheap entry point, I think. A lot of things now with some games, you look at the base set and you look at the base entry and you think, wow, I am 100% not paying that. (laughs) And I think getting rid of that is really, really good. Um, Like you say, you can buy a a, a normal deck from Keyforge. You can buy a two-player starter set, which comes with two decks and all the tokens you'll ever need. Or you can just buy a deluxe deck which comes with one deck and all the tokens you'll ever need. You've got a great, cheap entry point. Like You and friends can buy a box between you, and you could do like a mini draft event where you just pick a couple of decks each, maybe decide which deck you want to use and, and play that deck off against each other. Um, hell, if you've got 12 mates and you buy a box of 12, you split them between you and play off and that way. The options for draft in that environment are really, really good. And I think that's more of a competitive play that I'd be interested in rather than pre-constructed because with, with quite a lot of the games I play that are pre-constructed, the meta is, is a lot far ahead of where I'm willing to pay. <laughs> um, but with things like Keyforge, you don't have that, that problem. And again, in, in living in Marvel Champions, you you can, you know, Oh, I want to play as Doctor Strange. Okay, it's the Doctor Strange deck. Sit down and play as Doctor Strange. Yeah, I just I just think it's such a wonderful idea, and it I think it allows the market to be open to more players because you'll. I can't count the number of games I've been put off buying because I've looked at the price tag and gone, I'm not paying that. And when I know I'm going to sit down, play it, hate it, and regret spending the money on it. Where if you think, okay, well, actually, you know what? 12 quid, I get a deck, it's ready to go. I can sit and play. If I don't like it, I've got a deck I can play with fun occasionally, but then I don't really ever have to play again. I think it's great. Absolutely great. Um, so I'm really big on Marvel Champions as a, as a product and as an actual um, game itself. Um, so I think that's pretty much it in terms of the Marvel Champions living card game. I don't think there's really anything else I need to go into about it. We'll have uh, another quick break. We'll 
come back. We'll just sort of have a brief uh, summary, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a close for for season one. Uh, so we'll be right back. Welcome back. Um, so that pretty much wraps it up for um, this episode, the epilogue episode of the Big Boss Book Club season one. Um, again, just talking about sort of games that I felt are a bit noteworthy. Could go into a few others just randomly. I just mentioned Keyforge there, uh, a great game which I said I've only had the one game, um, but it's it was really fun and I enjoy the fact that it's random. Like the decks, each deck you buy is completely random. I think that's wonderful. Um, it just makes it so much more thrilling. I think you've got. A lot of sort of games like the deck building games I play, the DC deck building games, which are all really, really fun. So easy to pick up. You've got the rest of the evil deck building game. Um, not so easy to pick up because <laughs> it's bloody rare. Um, I'm quite fortunate. I've got all but the original set. Um, but to get hold of the original set is a lot of money. I'm not, yeah, not willing to pay that. <laughs> um so many different. I mean, I could go into it forever and ever about the games I've played, um, different sort of styles and different um, sort of themes between things like again the DC deck building games. You've got trading card games, living card games, board games. You have the uh, the Ghostbusters board game, which is unbelievably fun. Um, me and Robert and, and Andrew were actually playing through it. It's like a campaign. Um, unfortunately, with with everything that's happening with the lockdown, that's sadly been been put aside. But really hoping that once this is all done and dusted, we can get back on it and and finish it. Because I think we're only maybe one, two scenarios away from completing the the original um, campaign in the the box. So yeah, I wanted to just sort of go over briefly where I am in in terms of games, and I think I think it brings us nicely uh, back around to to where we should be. Um, we'll probably have like a, a a couple of weeks now where I won't won't be uh, releasing anything. Just like to try and do some some different ideas for season two. Um, really go into sort of different content and, and make it more about what I want this to be about. Um, so talking about sort of wrestling pay per views, um, playthroughs of sort of games. I can imagine at some point I'd like to have that sit down with with Martin and, and Jim and talk about sort of the the raw deal times and, and sort of next gen um, and the fun we had in that group. Probably have an opportunity to uh, get my friend Luke on to go through some wrestling stuff, which again is is something we've me and him have have always sort of uh, had a kinship over. Um, get Jim back on for play wrestling as well because he's a he loves his wrestling. Again, trying to do things a little bit differently. There's so many different things I like and enjoy and, and things that I want to share. Um, movies, games, um, wrestling. A lot of content that I can, you know, would like to produce and, and, and share and, and hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. Um, so that is really it for, for season one of the, the Big Boss Book Club. Um, I, I really hope you've enjoyed it. Um, thank you so, so much for listening. Um, again, there's an opportunity if you if you're out there and you're, you're interested in any of the the games that have been played. YouTube have some great content creators. Um, there's people who have their own podcasts on Spotify. Uh, I said uh, my friend Luke has the the Talk is Cheap 
podcast. Um, you've got the uh, Mythos Busters for Arkham Horror, Drawn to the Flame for Arkham Horror, um, Team Covenant are always talking about loads of different things. So whether that's Arkham Horror, Marvel Champions, they do a, a throwback Thursday on their YouTube channel where they play retro kind of games. They've played the original Versus system, uh, Raw Deal, they're all on there. Um, some some really fun content, some really fun creators. So if if any of this has sort of made you go, oh, actually that's that's pretty good, you know, definitely uh, definitely look on and and have a look and, and see what you can find on YouTube and Spotify for the, for those games because there's a lot of content out there. Um, so that wraps it up for this uh, for this season. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, I've been Big Boss. I'm out. Peace.